Hey, Strategy Simplified. This Bain Mergers and Acquisitions case example features Austin, the aspiring consultant, and Kara, the MBB interviewer. Now, Austin is a second-year MBA student looking to transition from the big four to strategy consulting at firms like McKinsey, Bain, and BCG. To give you perspective on his level of case prep, at the time of this interview, he had completed around 30 or so out loud cases with a partner. Now, Kara is a management consultant coach and former Bain & Company consultant and works with consulting and product management candidates to help them break into their target roles. Learn more about Kara at the link in the show notes. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to enter yourself for a chance to win a management consulted consulting prep course of your choice. Just email us to let us know, podcast at managementconsulted.com. All right, let's get into the session. Can Austin solve the case like a bank consultant? Keep listening to find out. So today, Austin will be uh, running a case called Media Merger. Um, the prompt is, our client is a major U.S. media company based in New York City. It has agreed to merge with another top media player based in Los Angeles. They have made the decision to combine operations into one building and will choose one of their existing buildings to be the new headquarters. They are not sure which one is more suitable. Question for you is, which location should they choose? Okay, um, just, as a re- just as a quick recap. So um, two companies are about to merge, one in New York and one in um, LA, and um, they're trying to combine and then, you know, um, find um, operational synergies. So they're trying to look for um, the best um, the, the best location for a new um, headquarters. I might, you know, does that cover the, yeah, okay. Um, I would like to clarify a few questions. Okay. So I don't know, um, how many locations do they have? And um, but, um, yeah, how many locations do they have? Yeah, that's a good question. So they just have the New York location and the LA location. Um, and so the choice is just between one of those two. Okay, um, is there any peculiar, um, any peculiar information um, as regards to the New York location and the early location to help me decide um, which to advise them to choose on? So, what's, so what are the peculiarities you know, about the New York location and the early um, locations? Yeah, certainly. Um, what would you like to know about these locations? So since it's a media firm, um, um, they don't know anything about their landmass, um, you know, about the, um, the tech capability of the locations, you know, any of such data. Yeah. So for the New York location, um, they occupy 200,000 square feet. And then the LA location, the, that building occupies 400,000 square feet, but the client requires 100,000 square feet of space. You can also assume that any space that they do not use can be subleased out so they can rent out um, any square footage they're not using. They have annual leases at both these buildings with a 10-year commitment. Um, And so regardless of which location is chosen, they need to pay rent for both locations. Finally, the chargeable price uh, for subleasing is $40 per square footage in New York City and $30 per square footage for LA. 
Thank you. Uh, I would like to take a minute to clarify my structure, if that's okay. Got it. Hey, Strategy Simplified. Are you looking to develop your executive presence this year? Then enroll in the Executive Presence Intensive taking place on January 16th, 2023 from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern or 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific. The Intensive is a live training session led by Stephanie, and it's broken up into three parts. The first is executive communication, because without being able to concisely communicate ideas to gain buy-in, you'll have a difficult time progressing in your career, especially at more senior levels. The second is perception, because executive presence isn't just about what you communicate, but how. The third part is application. We'll practice what we're learning through live exercises in the session. We'll also include plenty of time for Q&A so you can get all your questions answered in a small group format. Again, the Executive Presence Intensive happens January 16th, 2023 from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Are you ready to level up your career? Learn more about the Intensive and reserve your seat at the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so um, I, I would like to look at um, this in terms of... Um, I'd like to look at this in, the, in like considering three areas. I'd like to look at the current company, you know, what's the size of the current company, um, how are they growing since they decided to merge with the, um, like the new company. I'd, I'd like to understand more about the, um, about the current company. Then I'd like to look at um, as well about the company that has been acquired. Um, okay, I'd like to know the, the revenue, um, the profits, and then their market share. And then I'd like to look at the acquisition um, strategy, right? So they're trying to acquire this. So um, I believe that um, since since they're trying to acquire this, so I see them trying to, um, you know, um, make get some operational synergies. So this is in terms of cost, cost saving in terms of rent. But then there are other factors I'd like to consider, like are there other um, synergies that could be gained from this transaction, say um, um, revenue-wise, like are there other complementary products that are, in New York City or LA, um, is there any intellectual property that will be gained from being in any particular location or any peculiar advantages? I would like also like to consider um, since you have to um, two, like two different locations, which um, sinks more with the market? You know, is it LA or is it New York? And then which one has an established channel? Is it LA or is it New York? So I, I believe looking at these three um, um, ports, I'll be able to properly advise which location they should, you know, choose. Excellent. Thanks for that overview. Um, let's start with thinking about which um, building they should relocate to. Uh, so what information would you need to know to calculate the financial impact of locating to either New York or L.A.? So um, I would like to know about the rent, the cost of the rent. So um, I, know, I understand that LA has 400,000 square feet, New York has 200,000 square feet, but then the, the company only needs 100,000. So if it's the um, um, LA office, they have the 100,000 square feet they require, and then they can lease out the rest for 300,000, right? At, the, at this particular you know, um, rate, $30 per, per square feet. Same thing applies for New York. So how about the rent itself for LA and for New York? Yeah, we have that information. So for New York, 
the client will have to pay $40 per square feet per year for the whole building. And then for LA, they will also need to pay $40 per square feet per year for the whole building. Okay, about um, cost of um, service and um, cost of service charge, about um, other costs that are, I mean, that, that are associated like with having the building in New York or LA. Yeah, so there's some miscellaneous costs having to do with um, like adding the sign on top of the, the door and we will sort of bucket all these costs into build out costs um, and we'll spread them out over 10 years. Uh, so for New York, those build-out costs are $1.5 million over 10 years. And then for L.A., they will need to spend half a million in build-out costs over 10 years. Okay, so um, aside rent, are there any other, is there any other advantage that New York has over L.A.? Because... This seems like since they would have um, the same um, rent, $40 per square feet, but then LA has, um, like, um, after they like um, they, they take the 100 square feet required, you know, for the operations, then they can lease out um, um, the rest for... Okay, okay. So this is just, okay, I'm, I'm just saying, okay, so they have a lower service charge in LA, right? Mm -hmm. But then they have 300,000 square feet available that they could lease out at $30 per hour, right? Same applies for New York. So aside all of this information, is there any other information that um, would affect um, choosing LA over New York before I go ahead to calculate, you know, um, the gains per se? But then is, is there another consideration that I, need to, that, I need, that I need to think about? Yeah, we have a little bit more information. What other uh, financial considerations do you think could be relevant? Okay, um, finishes, you have the rent, you have the service charge. Um, do you have any numbers on the, um, on the number of interests in the office spaces in New York and, 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 and early to ensure, um, to be sure that if we, um, you know, pick any of the um, locations, they'll be sure to be customers to, to take up any of the, like the available free space. Yeah, the average vacancy rate, um, so the percentage of office spaces that don't get rented, people aren't interested in, in paying for that, um, is 10% in New York. And then the average vacancy rate in LA is 18%. Okay. Okay. Okay, so um, I'll I'll like to go ahead to calculate. Um, I'd like to go ahead to calculate for um early. So since they have um four hundred thousand square feet, and only uh, and the company the new merged company would require only hundred thousand square feet space. So they have, so there's about three hundred thousand left. Of that three hundred thousand, so they're renting the 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 okay yeah so the cost. 
would be So the cost would be um so we have forty okay so forty forty so that would be four hundred thousand square feet times forty dollars per square feet. Okay. Same thing for New York. Um, that would be sixteen million. Um, New York has two hundred thousand square feet times forty dollars, so that would be eight million. So it will cost. Um, the cost of rent in LA would be sixteen. The cost of rent in New York would be eight million. Now, how much would they gain? So having okay. No, 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 no. So um, to cost them hundred thousand. Yeah, to cost them. $100,000. So since they have, um, since LA has 400,000, since LA has 400,000 square feet, if they decide, okay, let me just put this in this way. I'm starting with LA. If they take 100,000 square feet of the 400, paying $40, Square feet, then that would be four million in cost for rent for New York, hundred thousand and paying forty dollars. The cost would be four million dollars as well. Now, how much would LA gain from the um, free space? We have occupancy rate of 10 percent. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can factor this in. So, basically, we have 300,000 left in um, LA. And if they rent this out at uh, 40 per, at $40 per hour times 18%, 0.18, okay. So that would be 300,000 square feet left. And $40 square feet times um, 18%. So that would be... Two, 2.16 million. Why for New York? They would have 100 square feet left multiplied by. No, so, so LA is uh, $30. Sorry. LA is $30 per square feet. So that would be 300,000 left times $30 times occupancy rate of 18%, 0.18. So that will be 1.62 million. So to clarify, the vacancy rate is 18%. Yes. So the yes, occupancy yes. rate would be one minus, okay. Okay, yeah, so zero, zero minus one. Okay. And for the rents they're paying in LA, do you think that they would have to pay for just exactly the amount of space that they're using? Or would you expect that they have to pay for the entire building or the entire floor? 
So um, the way I'm thinking about this is they have 400,000 um, square feet. So mm-hmm. they're paying for 100, right? At $40, that's, that's $4 million. And then they are leasing out 300,000. So there will be, okay, yeah, their service charge. So the service charge is, so the, the, the eventual cost would be the 4 million plus the service charge of 500,000. So total cost that's coming to LA, you know, to operate the office there is $4.5 million. So they actually have to pay for all of the rent for the 400,000 square feet because they have ownership of it. So even though they're only occupied 100,000 square feet, they have okay. to pay rent for all 400,000. Okay, so 400,000. Yeah, but if they if they pay the rent for the 400,000, they'll recover that rent when they lease it out, right? So which is the reason why I'm... Oh, okay. So the yes. cost would be four on okay, yeah, I get what you're so saying because they're leasing the entire floor, but then they're subleasing the amount of space they don't need to occupy. Yeah, it's almost gotcha. like you're subletting an apartment that you're going away from in the summer. Okay. So what I would do is four hundred thousand right times four times forty dollars per square feet, right? That would be six okay. That would be 16 million plus the service charge of 500,000. So that would be 16.5 million that will cost the LA office. Now, the New York office as well will pay 200,000. Yeah, 200,000 times $40. That would be 8 million plus service charge of 1.5. So that would be 9.5 million in cost for the New York office. Now, in terms of revenue, how much they will gain, gain from leasing out the other space? So LA office will, leave, will gain um, 300,000, right? Times $30 per square feet times um, occupancy rate of 82%. So that would be 7.3 for early office. That would be 7.38 million. Now, the New York office. But then if the um, if the service charges 500, okay, 500,000 for 10 years. So that means service charge would be 50. Mm-hmm. To be, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so that'll be 500,000 divided by 10. So that'll be 50K. Sorry. So um, the LA office is supposed to pay 50K per year. So that'll be 16 million and um, 50,000. The New York office will be 1.5 for, you know, 10 years. That'll be 1.5 for 10 years divided by 10. So that'll be 150,000. But then um, this service charge of uh, 1.5 million uh, you know, per year, when they rent out, so, so um, when they lease out to um, the, um, occup- the, like the other occupants, the other occupants are also supposed to contribute to the service charge, right? We're assuming that um, the client will cover all the service charge okay. for the building that they're occupying. So if they're in L.A., they need to pay the service charge for L.A. 
Um, but if New York, then they only pay the service charge for New York. Okay, so since New York has $100,000 free, um, and it's $40 per square feet, and the occupancy rate is, so we have, okay, 0. 0. 0. 0. 0.9. So that will be 3.6 million. So from um so in terms of deciding where to go to, the early of um the early office will spend um sixteen million in, in, in for like for the office space, but then they'll be able to get from the new occupants using this um, um assuming this um occupancy rate, like the, yeah, this occupancy rate of um eighteen eighteen percent, able to get seven point three eight million, you know, back. Now the New York office will spend eight million, but they're able to get three point six million back. So that would be um, 16 million, uh, 7.3, around 8.7 million already. And the New York office is already. So just by looking at these numbers already, um, the New York office seems to be the better option because the cost would be 8 million, right? Mm -hmm. Per year. But then they will get 3.6 million, in, like when they lease out the other space. So the total cost to the company will be 4.4 million. But for the LA office, when they, you know, if they pay for the full building, right, at, uh, yeah, because since it's a bigger space and they only need um, just one quarter of the whole space, but then they have to pay for the whole, um, build, um, the whole, the whole building at $40 per square foot. So it will cost them 16 million. Right, um, and aside the um, service charge of fifty of fifty k dollars, but then they would need to um, they only get in revenue of seven point three eight million, leaving them with a cost of eight point seven million. So it pays to go to the New York office because of lower cost. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for that overview. Um, and with that said, this would be if. Um, you're only occupying LA or New York, but because they are having, um, they're in the middle of a 10 year committed lease, they actually okay. have to pay, the client actually has to pay rent at both of the buildings, whether then they're occupying New York or LA. So how would you modify your calculation to take into account that even if HQ is in LA, they also have to pay rent on the New York building So if the lower cost, okay. Um, so they're paying rent for both buildings, regardless yeah. of where the HQ is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if they are paying rent for both buildings, but then the cost is higher at the LA office. And, um, okay. So I think it would make sense to, um, but then if they said the, if, 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 if they decide to, um, Stay at the early office. They've been carrying eight, over eight point seven million in terms of cost. Then the revenue from the New York office. The New York office is already small, but it's all it's, it has very it has a very high occupancy rate. Okay, I'll think about this in in this. In, um, they could decide to stay in the early office. So how much? Revenue? So if they decide to stay in the, in, in the early office, 
and list out the law of the New York office, how much would they gain in revenue? So if they have 200,000 square feet and decide to lease the whole building, that'll be 200,000 yeah, times 40, okay. Hmm. If they decide to stay in LA and lease out the New York office, how much would they gain? But then they'll be paying. It's the same thing. They'll be paying. Also, they'll lose the old two hundred thousand square feet. Okay. So I think so. I'll do the the, 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 the calculation again to be able to get the uh, the numbers. They have two hundred thousand square feet, and then um they'll gain forty dollars. But okay, yeah, forty dollars per square feet. Uh, you know. And then the occupancy rate of 0.9%, so again, 7.2 million. Okay. So what I would say is, um, if they decide to stay in the New York office, then they can lease out the old 200,000 square feet, right? But then if the cost is $40 per hour, and then they are leasing out, they're leasing, uh, they're leasing it out, uh, yeah, leasing it out at the same $40 per square feet, right? Then, um, the only cost to them would be the service charge of 500000 mm-hmm. Now, for the LA office, if they decide to lease out the old 400000 Now, um, they are paying $40 per square feet, but then leasing it at $30 per square feet at a lower occupancy rate. Then it makes sense for them to stay at LA and then maximize revenue they can earn from the New York office. Got it. And how much in LA would they get from subleasing? From subleasing? Uh... Yeah, so yeah, I think it's the same thing with the, with the other calculation I made. So um, they will take $100,000, right? It will cost them um, to pick for the old building, to cost them $16 million. But then when they lease out the 300000 they would get um, $7.3 million in return. So um, $16 million that will cost them, minus seven point three they'll get from the residents. So the, the difference is $8.7 million in costs for the early office. If they decide to, you know, stick to the hundred thousand and then lease out the three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Got it. Perfect. So before you said uh, New York City, um, with the revised calculation, we see that LA could be a better option. So, what are some non-financial considerations um, in regard to choosing an HQ locations? Um, I'll consider the staff. Uh, um, the like number of staff in the current staffing model, um, you know, um, the staff preferences. So basically, the staff basically one, two. Um, aside um the financial right, the non financial would be, um, the um the shared infrastructure since there'll be a measure right. So um where there's a greater portion of the shared infrastructure, then where the say the um the the, the, the drivers of revenue, um, is it uh, drivers of revenue, is it R&D, is it sales and marketing? Where are they more located? Is it, is it more, more in the East Coast or is it more in the West Coast? You know, all these other factors, yeah, that would... And then, then um, the products are being sold, right? 
and then the complementary product since there'll be a measure right so where the um uh, the main product drivers uh, the main sales drivers are is, is it on one you know on one side of the of the course or the other so that would determine the other factors you know that would inform the, 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 like um, the choice of the hq awesome okay and now that we've gone gone through that, the CEO of the media merger company would um, like to hear your final recommendation. Okay, um, give me a minute to go back, please. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back after this quick break. The best way to prepare for case interviews is through out loud practice with a partner. If you're looking for case practice partners, we can help. We have a free LinkedIn group you can join to find partners at your level and in your time zone. The link to join is in the show notes. In addition, we have a team of trained MBB coaches who can work with you via one-on-one Zoom sessions to help you get ready for case interviews. Whether you're starting from scratch or just need a little bit of extra help to get over the hump, our coaches have seen it all and will customize each session to your specific needs. If you're looking for a tailored and structured case prep program, look no further. Again, the link to join is in the show notes. Okay, so my recommendation would be to um, to stay in LA office and then rent out the New York office with a view to maximize revenue from you know from from the New York office yeah, from the New York office because either ways we would need to take out one office and then pay the rent for the other. So so it makes sense to maximize the New York office since they have you know high occupancy rates and the numbers are better. And then the risks with this would be that. Um, for the measures, there are, there, are, um, there are other non-financial uh, factors that are very important as well, like this, the, um, the staff choice, the staffing model, the infrastructure, right? So this will inform my um, the, um, my advice for the next steps that the company should take. They should um, do a proper analysis of the non-financial factors. While the financial re- uh, um, choice seems a bit obvious, you know, to go to LA, but there are other non-financial factors that are very, very important, like, you know, uh, what is driving the business, um, um, the um, the customers where they are. So, and and then the staff like um, the, the 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 choice you know like um, for this for the staff. So looking at those other non financial factors could, could could even be more important than the financial decision because it seems like a no brainer to stay with LA and maximize the New York choice. Uh, the, the, yeah, uh, yeah. So it makes sense to look at these other non financial factors that might that, that might come to play to ensure that overall they they don't lose market share and they don't lose market size. Got it. Thank you for for that information. And on your risk uh, side, um, in terms of staffing and uh, figuring out employee preferences, how would you start to collect that information? Yeah, um, I'll I'll look at um, the number of staff at both offices. Um, the ones is, so yeah. So if it's if it's so since it's a media company, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then I don't know kind of company. So it depends on where the uh, the core of the operations are. So are there more um, staff? So it, uh, it, like in terms of numbers or the key um, key players in terms of staffing, right? Are they more on the west coast or the east coast? Then what are the preferences? How would they like? How would they affect the operations? So is the media company are they shooting on sites? Um, would it be easy to travel around? So what I would do is I would look at the um, the, the core business after the measure. Then looking at um, this, where the staff are in both offices, we could do a poll to see if the ones that are um, that will be affected, if they're willing to relocate, and how that will impact the core of the business. Mm-hmm. 
Perfect. Thank you um, for the recommendation. I'll I'll let them know. That's it for the for the case. How did you feel about it, Austin? Um. So I think I was expecting. So this is a measure, right? I was expecting um, more discussions with regards to oh, um, this is the company that is being target. Okay, like this is a target company. This company has been acquired. Oh, this is the acquisition strategies, and then this would be the risks or benefits regards to the merger. But then I was shocked that it was just um, two companies starting, just, just about to merge, and it was about the simple choice of which office to go. And then in terms of which office to go, um, why would you go for one over the other? So you don't have to calculate the occupancy rate and all of that. I was really thrown off a bit, I, I, I think. I was expecting something different, but then it was just, oh, basically these are just two companies trying to merge. Which should you pick and why? And then, then the math, right? Does the math make sense? Basically, I, I just felt that, that like that was that was really true. I was thinking, you know, it to be so. This is more of like a corporate um, buyer M&A case, but not in regards to synergies, um, the target being acquired, the target being acquired, whatever strategy, whatever um, synergy you get from revenue or cost. It's just a basic, simple case of two various entities and they want to buy and they have two different offices and then which office you should, you know, should pick. So I was really thrown off. Yeah, a little surprised. Yeah, this is this one is related to M&A, except it's not in the upfront due diligence process where we're trying to figure out synergies. It's more in the post-acquisition strategy of like, um, like logistically, which office, like staffing implications and all that. Um, so I could definitely tell that um, you're a little bit surprised, but I think that um, you maintained your composure well. You sort of rolled with the punches when it came to the math. And so overall, um, I, th- I think that this, this, was a, this was a good one. And I just have some um, pushes that I'll sort of go like from top to bottom. So from the very start, we um, I read the prompt and the recap was good, but then your clarifying questions were um, pretty general. I really wanted to push you in terms of specificity, um, in terms of asking instead of what implications uh, should there be between each of the locations, something a little bit um, more direct, such as like how much space it is, or even some of the questions that you had um, were really good after the conclusion of like, what is the core business? I mean, I said it was a media company, um, but there's so many different things within media. Is it like a digital ad agency or is it actually like they're uh, creating media assets for others? Um, so that could have um, that context going into it, even though the question itself is about um, like which location, those sort of other implications and understanding um, before you get into the structure, uh, what the business is and how do they make money uh, explicitly um, can can help sort of like allow you to um, have more context and focus there. Um, and then because of that, I had to give you some of the math assumptions assumptions early, I was planning to to do that later. So more specificity in your clarifying questions would be good. I mean, went into the structure, that one was a minute, 57 seconds. So right in the one to two minute window uh, that we tend to be shooting for. So that was good. Um, For that, I would push you to anchor your structure on um, the question at hand. So I know that 
with M&A, typically it's, it's uh, the due diligence process or early on what we do in, um, in the private equity group at Bain. Um, but this is specifically um, trying to tackle a more general question or like a more uh, pointed question, I should say. Um, and so your buckets should sort of fall into those. So having some flexibility around um, the structures that you have in your mind and adapting that to the question at hand um, can help to um, allow the interviewer to see like where your head is going and sort of step you through that. Um, so definitely there is a certain cadence that M&A cases tend to follow. Um, but if the case is actually something else or it's wanting you to focus on a specific thing, don't be afraid to customize your um, structure as needed. And then the actual points that you had, um, they're all very good for like an M&A due diligence, but, um, and you also had like the two locations uh, bent towards it as well, but more focus on, on the question at hand is good. Though some of the things that you said, like market share, revenue, profits, how are we growing? They're great if it was a, a pre-diligence case. So I know I uh, made a lot of groundwork there. Before I move on to the math portion, do you have any follow-up questions? Uh, yes, um, I, I think it makes sense. Uh, most times when you just say, uh, obviously, a profitability case, your, your head just keep going, just just um, just starting about revenue, costs, um, fixed costs, and all of that. Then when you have money cases, you just start. So, yeah, it makes sense. You know, I think it's like a very good reminder to always listen to the prompts and then follow the um, the lead of the, like, wherever they lean to, just follow and then be very adaptable. I think it's a very good reminder. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. So now um, we jump into the math. I gave you the um, all the inputs. And I know that this was something that was a big um, thing to focus on. I thought that you did the math um, really well. I think that um, what kind of gave us hiccups there is sort of upfront assumptions. So after yeah. you get a math uh, question, taking a moment to, uh, yes, repeat it, but then also uh, proactively state some assumptions that you want to make. So that way I can kind of course correct. I was mm-hmm. trying to look for uh, an opportunity for that would be appropriate for me to jump in and say, hey, no, we're actually paying rent at both locations um, or like sort of adjusting your assumptions can get you to the answer. Because I could tell in terms of the arithmetic um, and getting like the numbers to add up in the line items, you could do that. Um, but it was a little bit hard to um, allow me to jump in and adjust your assumptions to match the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what made that difficult in this one is that there's a few different things happening here. So we're occupying both spaces. So rent is happening at both spaces um, because we're locked in that 10 year uh, lease commitment. So that's the main reason why we have to do both. Um, But then there's also an opportunity to um, lease out uh, both of those locations. So in the end, you got to the right answer, the numbers uh, checked out. Um, But after I sort of course corrected the first time about uh, renting at both um, locations, I was hoping that you would push to realize that um, if they're on the lease for both locations, that means that they can also sublet or sublease at both locations. Um, I, the difference wasn't answer changing, but it's just another sort of um, a sort of thing to take into account. And so in terms of uh, advice for this uh, financial portion, I would say, especially in a case that's as quantitative as this, um, invest that time up front to uh, say out loud what your assumptions are, what you're kind of confused about. 
um, or even like taking a step back to a voiceover, how you're going to approach um, each line item um, would be helpful. And even just saying like, okay, does this make sense? Or anytime you get to the end of a calculation doing that 400K times the $40, okay, this is like the 16 million um, for LA, like, does this number seem correct to you of sort of giving your interviewer opportunities to interject and course correct? Um, it would be good. Eventually I got in there, but it was just a little bit. Um, I felt like I had to interrupt you just a little bit. Yep. And another thing um, that stands out in the math portion is that we got to all the way on the end in terms of what the overall annual cash flow will be for LA. And then we repeated that same process um, for New York. And whether you go to LA or New York, it's net negative. Um, so that's something that um, you could comment on sort of along the way. Um, anything that sort of stands out to you, whether it be the um, the fact that LA's vacancy rate is double the New York vacancy rate, um, sort of having that um, that uh, thinking in the back of your mind in regards to does this information make sense to me, um, whether or not like the magnitude, the negative magnitude made sense to you. So anything, um, any kind of reaction that you can have to the math um, also shows your logic at, uh, of the like business sense aside from the quantitative sense, um, if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I, I think the case was also very realistic. It makes sense that New York only have ten um, ten percent because New York like people are always looking for space in New York, and yeah. So I think numbers check that. So it didn't click as such, but yeah, it's a good reminder. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be specifically about the vacancy rate or just any. And this one didn't really have an outlier number or anything like that. But if there happened to be, then you could. Um, comment out how like the numbers align with your expectations. Mm -hmm. And then when we got to that, um, we got to the financial impact, you commented on that. Uh, and then I asked you about the non-financial considerations, um, which I think were good. It was mainly the staffing, uh, the infrastructure and thinking about in which location. And I think you were going with um, in which location um, would be best from a business point of view, like where are the clients actually staying at, where are the customers, um, and which location would be best for, for driving revenue. And so asking some of those um, clarifying questions about how they make money um, could help in the sort of creative portion. Because we said it was a media company, but if it were like a digital ads company where all their work Doesn't is matter. virtual, yeah, then then it could potentially not matter. Um, so that, that sort of thing can help you as well. Oh. And when we get to... The recommendation, I liked your recommendation, your answer first. So that's something um, that Bain uh, really likes, just coming out with the answer, backing it up with um, with the analysis that you did. So it's great to include um, any of the numbers. So I know that we had the numbers for um, LA versus New York. So calling that out in your conclusion and a couple bullet points is great. Um, and then your risks are great. Um, and anything to add that I would say would have to be just any next steps that you would recommend to sort of try and mitigate the risks that you identified. And, and that's it. Uh, great job. Thanks for um, basically putting yourself out there. And uh, I had a good time. Thank you so much. Um, I think this is a very good reminder, you know, going ahead into the major interview um, season, you just have these ideas, you have everything in your head, but then there'll be a slight um, shift and you have to react to it positively. So yeah, I think it's a good reminder. Thank you. 
thanks for tuning in to another edition of our podcast. If you have ideas for a future podcast or a question on anything you heard today, please drop us a note, podcast at managementconsulted.com. We spend time every day responding to emails that we get from folks like you. All right, we'll catch you again next week.